Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. I am Scott, and I'm happy to be joined today by my good friend, Dean, returning champion. Dean, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on the show, Scott. Always a pleasure. Always great to have you on. Dean is uh, my go-to travel agent, first of all, with Adventures Out There <laughs> Travel. So I want to mention that right off the top. And is also the co-host, one of the co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts in the world. And that is Butter and Bacon, The Good Stuff of Disney. So I encourage all of you right off the bat, if you haven't subscribed to that already, just stop what you're doing and subscribe immediately, please. Wow. Thank, thank you, Scott. And have a good night. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> We'll be back in two months. So, now you sound like uh, our show. <laughs> well, Dean, first off, before we get to the the heart of the show tonight, in terms of what we'll be talking about uh, for the majority of the broadcast, let me begin by asking you the same thing I ask all of the people on the podcast in 2020. How are you doing? Give me a check in and an update on what's going on. You know, you know, Scott, I appreciate that because uh, I think. A lot of us are wrapped up in a lot of things that are going on in the world, and, and I'm, I'm not going to get into the, the negative side of, of everything, but yes. uh, I've been on Twitter less because of some of the conversations going on, and, um, you know, but but we, we know our favorite theme park doesn't look like it used to. Our, our country's about to go through an election. There's a, obviously a pandemic going on, and, and it's nice to have someone actually check in and say, how are you doing? So yes. I encourage you and all your listeners to do what you just did for me. And reach out and check in on someone and sincerely ask them how they're doing. Yes. And, and my answer for you is I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing okay. okay. I, I'm doing well. The family's healthy. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to manage this uh, virtual learning experience and uh, work is marching along and we're, we're enjoying the outdoors more. And we've done lots of local little staycations and, and hikes and uh, yeah. playing with my 10 year old. So things are going okay. How about you? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, but before I, I answer your question in more detail, I, I want to respond to something you said. You said you're taking a lot of hikes. Is it just me or does the fall foliage in the Northeast seem particularly beautiful this year? Oh, my. it is gorgeous this year. And uh, it, I'm assuming you're getting a very similar pattern to what we're getting. And the weather the last couple of weeks, save a couple of days, perfect. I mean, it's yes. been, I, I can't tell you how many times I've said, hey, this is a top 10 day. We've had at least 12 top 10 days in the last yes. two and a half weeks. Uh, gorgeous. So, it's been it's been great and i think because of the uh, of the pandemic and uh you know our our desire to stay safe first um we've we've seen a lot more uh of our local area and we've yeah. done some of those hikes and um it, it's funny i uh i got my and this is not related to hiking but I, we my father-in-law just had a birthday and my son wanted to get him a fish so okay. we went out and we bought him a, a small one like two gallon tank got him a beta got a little tiny little catfish thing or whatever it is in the bottom right and, and and we went back to the store to try to get some of the other supplies that goes for owning a fish yeah and the guy running the store said you know normally on this hook we'd have this size net and we'd have this and we'd have people are buying up all the fish equipment right so people are taking on small pets <laughs> just that's true something to do during the pandemic because they're home more um so you know more people are out hiking which is great we've seen a lot of people on some of the cycling trails that we do sure yeah, I'm excited about the foliage. We're probably a little bit closer to peak than you guys are right now. Right. Um, but everything seems to be turning and getting beautiful. Uh, Dean, I know what you mean. A lot of people with everything going on in 2020, they've taken up new hobbies, new activities. Uh, I've seen increase in pet ownership in my neighborhood. A lot more people walking dogs, for example. Um, it's been interesting that way. It's been an interesting development this year to see how people are adjusting to what's going on in the world. Uh, for me, you asked how I'm doing. I'm doing all right. It's uh, 
just like you making our way. Uh, everybody's well and healthy, which is great. Um, looking forward to the days, hopefully, where we can be talking about our Disney trips and our other trips that we take. I'm hoping those days will be here in 2021, but no promises on that. <laughs> I, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't predict that for you. I, I will book it for you when it's time, but I can't predict that for you. So I predict that for you now. Uh, but I, I, I do have to say, I'm feeling kind of optimistic long-term about developments with this stuff. We'll just hope for the best. I've been watching a lot of movies, you know, I'm trying to, in particular right now, we're recording this in October of 2020. Halloween is a few days away. I'm trying to just enjoy the Halloween stuff as best as I can. I like to watch horror movies this time of year, listen to Halloween playlists. I'm going to give a plug for episode one of our new season on the podcast here. In the previous episode, I was joined by my friends Dan and Scott to put together a good Halloween playlist. Nice. So I've been listening to some good music and then just uh, enjoying the sports. I'm uh, probably along with you and Paul, one of 10 people in the country watching the World Series right now. And uh, it's, it's been, about how many they got for game one. <laughs> it's been good. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on. And I, I wanted to have you on the podcast tonight for one of our classic fan favorite type episodes where we talk Disney news because we're all longing for the theme parks right now. Before we jump into Disney news, can we talk Disney programming real quick? Absolutely. Um, because I, I'm probably going to lose my Disney card with some, some of your listeners, but I wasn't familiar with the fact that there are so many movies of the Halloween Town series. There are apparently four of them. And, and uh, I'm glad that I've been able to, you know, one of the things about being home a lot is we've been able to kind of catch up on some of the movies we never knew existed. So yes. we are through the first two of four. Um, so, I had seen the first one before, but uh, did not know about all these extra sequels. Let me ask you this question, because I actually watched Halloween Town for the first time the other day, uh, and I liked it. It kind of reminded me of some of these other kid movies I would watch during my childhood that are these fun, not that scary, just enjoyable Halloween movies. Um, did you like Halloween, Halloween Town one or two more? Um. Probably liked one more, uh, and I, I could see why someone might like two more, mm -hmm. uh, be, because it was new to me, and and um, you know the whole introductory of the characters and stuff like that. I, I think I like character development a little bit more than just the change in, in the plot for the second one. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I thought they were both pretty good. Well, I thought they were both equally good. <laughs> um. What's it? Is there a Halloween Town three or does it get to Halloween Town High? Is that the next one? There's Halloween Town High and then there's, a, there's another one too. There's, there's four in total. I can't remember what they're all called. I'll tell you something interesting about Halloween Town. So, after I, I use this good app on my phone called Letterbox, and it's a movie app. So, you could sort of maintain lists of the movies that you see just for your records and read user reviews of movies that you've watched. And I went and did that after Halloween Town. And there was a post by someone who lives in the town where the movie was filmed. Oh, cool. It may have been in Connecticut, but I'm not sure about that. And wherever it was filmed, the person said that still every year at Halloween, they decorate the town kind of like they did in the movie. And oh, cool. it was cool for this person because the movie theater, for example, in the film where a lot of the scenes take place was this person's local movie theater. And I thought that was really cool. That is. Um, so the, yeah, there's Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, Halloween Town High, and then Return to Halloween Town. Return to Halloween Town. Yes. Um, I wonder if there's going to be a fifth one. That's something Disney Plus should get on. 
Uh, looks like the original Halloween Town was filmed in St. Helens, Oregon. <laughs> so, so not exactly Connecticut. Not exactly. I'm in a different time zone. Similar weather to Connecticut, but not exactly sure. Connecticut. Uh, you know, though, the core of it may have been filmed there, but, you know, they always throw in extra places here and there and, and sure. you know, little clips that they, they cobble it together to make it look like one town. But uh, right. I'm sure some of it was filmed in other locations. Yeah, Disney Plus has a whole Halloween section on their app right now, which is very cool, which features all the Halloween Town movies, Hocus Pocus, all this other Halloween stuff. Okay, I, I have to call it Disney Plus for one thing, though. Sure. I think it was last week now. They put out um, a t- that was trying to push people like come to Disney Plus and watch Halloween type movies, Halloween yeah. theme stuff. Now, if you saw this, no. And they said, which of the following Halloween movies are you going to be watching tonight? And it was. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc. Okay. And a fourth movie that wasn't Halloween related that I can't. Oh, uh, Coco. <laughs> well, so, you know, two of those are kind of maybe if I squint hard, loosely related to sort of Halloween theming. Um, yeah, that'd be a stretch. But yes, you can make you know, that Hocus, argument. Hocus Pocus is clearly a Halloween movie. True. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is sort of a Halloween movie ish. <laughs> the other two, no. <laughs> I mean, they might as well say, come join us for our Halloween collection featuring Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, total stretch. Cinderella three might have been a Halloween movie. I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When they saw the uh how many people watched it, it became a horror movie. Yeah. But um Dean, let me ask you this question. Is Disney Plus your most watched streaming service? Or is it one of is, is another one, like Netflix? Um, it's between the two. Yeah. So we're we're crazy over here. We have Netflix, we have Amazon Prime, we have mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Right. My son watches a lot of YouTube now, which drives me crazy. Um, not exactly a streaming service, but it gets a lot of play in our house. So I had to mention it. True. I feel like we ha- oh we have Hulu, of course. Um, sure. And ESPN Plus, they have that whole package. And yeah, I, I'd say um, despite all that, I feel like there's never anything on TV to watch. <laughs> Uh, so and we have a full cable package too um so uh yeah i think disney plus you know a lot of the complaints i hear about disney plus there's not enough original content um but i feel like they're they're growing in that realm and and they're adding more every month and a lot of the stuff they don't the other the other second probably the second biggest complaint is I really like XYZ that Disney did and it's not on Disney plus what right. either. Why is it on Netflix or why is it not anywhere? Right. And of course the answer is distribution rights. So it's who they've leased out what to and contracted. Sure. Um, but you know, uh, you, you got to look past that stuff and appreciate it for what it is there. And yeah, I, I think Disney plus gets a lot of watch in our house. Disney plus has a lot going for it. The family viewership is very strong with it. I, I, all my friends that subscribe to streaming services, I could think of all but one have Disney plus. And when it was first released, there were so many promotions. You could get it through Verizon, get it through this, get through that. So that was a big thing in driving up viewership. And I actually think the Mandalorian was a big selling point. Baby Yoda, the child became this cultural icon. And that's going to be big because that comes back in season two in just a few days. I'm very excited for that. I am too. And, And, um, I believe you were probably a day one subscriber like we were. Yes. So we purchased two years of Disney plus before it hit. Me too. And we're Verizon subscribers. So we get it free for a year. And now I've gotten three different contacts with telling me that I'm getting a bill for for year (laughs) two of Disney plus. And I don't know how that's going to work out because I, 
I feel like we prepaid for two years, so I don't have right. to pay. Verizon wants to put it into my bill, so uh, but I shouldn't have to pay them either. Right. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out yet, but we'll see. You want to know something fun to do, which I think you may enjoy in this crazy year of 2020 if you're looking for fun stuff? Go back and watch Saved by the Bell on Hulu. It's on oh, Hulu. Love Saved by the Bell. And I'm having, I, I started listening to the pot, this podcast, Zach to the Future, where Mark Paul Gosler's on the show. He goes episode by episode talking about behind the scenes stuff. He watches awesome. it as well and got me going back and watching these episodes. They're really great. So Just, good can't like cameo and, and small bit characters of people who grew up to be you know, famous actors and actresses that were part of the show. Denise Richards was in one of the beach episodes where they worked at the beach club that summer, not yep. the Disney hotel, but another. And uh, what's her name? Leah, Leah Ramini. Yep. She name? was in it. She was in, uh, it in those while. beach, in those summer episodes. Yeah. As well. She was a summer. Yeah. So it was Mr. Carosi's daughter, Mr. Carosi's daughter. Mr. Carosi. Carosi right. It was kind of a famous uh, guy for a while. And um, Tori Spelling was in there too. Tori Spelling was screeches. Screech is yeah, kind of nerdy-ish, right. girlfriend-ish. <laughs> is that the episode where Screech makes the spaghetti sauce and sells it? Is that? She was on a few of them, but I think she was yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's her dad had a hand in the show, so I could see how she got the job. True. True. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to go back and watch. That's those. great. Yeah. That. Uh, so, Dean, uh, are you ready now to talk some Disney news? Let's talk some Disney news because uh, there's some good stuff going on for Disney right now. There's a few, few things we could uh, jump into. Let's start off with something um, that is a recent development, and that is the discount that was announced. I know the Florida residents got their own discount. And then correct me if I'm wrong about this, but today I believe Disney started offering a discount of up to 35% at resort hotels for annual pass holders. Am I correct about that? You are correct about that. So it is um, the key phrase there, I think, is the up to 35%. So very typical of Disney to tier that discount. Um, so obviously what they're what they're going for there is the higher rate hotel that you book into, mm-hmm. the more likely you are to get a larger discount. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, they're still, I think, in a situation of their bookings are down um, and they don't know when and if people are going to start to return. So uh, Disney has historically put up discounts when they have either low seasons or lower than expected seasons. So clearly this is a time right now where things are lower than expected and sure. lower than hope. So, um, you know, it, it's a discount that's available at select ports. I think people can book if they think they're interested and of course, you know, play it by ear as far as how the world is treating them when sure. vacations oh, getting close. Right. And along those lines, I think Disney extended its cancellation policy till the end of April of next year. So, did. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's been a, that and the cruise line has been a moving target there. Right. They're being they're being somewhat for um for showing foresight to uh to book that, but also trying to not just cancel it outright, you know, mm-hmm. through through some very long extended period. Um, so yeah, that that is now through April, which is a good move by them. Do you find as an agent that in normal times, so not twenty twenty, when Disney has offered significant discounts like this, there's one particular hotel class that does better? Do you see an uptick in deluxe hotel bookings, for example, or moderate? Do you do you see it play out that way? I find that very few of my clients um, will change their booking because of the discount. Mm-hmm. They're just appreciative to get what they wanted at a lower price. Sure, sure. There are some folks that that will say, "Hey, you know, I was, I really wanted to try. Um, I'll pick out a different. I, I want to try Animal Kingdom Lodge, but it really wasn't in my budget. So let, let's book Port Orleans Riverside, and then the discounts will come out. And, and you know, if they can get thirty percent off one of the rooms at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and it's only say fifteen or twenty percent off." 
they start to reconcile the two and say, okay, the, the gap is narrowed now. So maybe, maybe I'll make the leap. And, and, right. and I'm giving that example as one I actually booked last year um, of someone who moved be, uh, between those two resorts. But um, I, I like to, you know, from my own personal vacations, I like to see if maybe there's a resort I haven't stayed in in a while that sure. I want to go try out. And if that has a better discount than what I was originally planning, right. that might be enough to motivate me to, to switch from one to the other. Or what we will do more frequently is, let's say we booked a, a regular view room, maybe we'll switch to a better view or a better location or you know, something like that, where right. it helps defray the cost, but you get a little bit different experience. Let me ask you a question about, I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit to start, but I was watching actually a YouTube video of a Disney vlogger the other night who stayed at a safari room, safari view room at Kadani Village. Mm-hmm. And the room itself, I mean, it was very nice, don't get me wrong, but it absolutely seemed a bit dated to me. Uh, I thought Animal Kingdom Lodge renovated their rooms recently. Was that just Jumbo House or did they? I think that was Jumbo House to start. Any reservation in a DVC room or DVC resort is a different budget than the resort renovation. I see. Because it's funded by the DVC dues. So it's very likely if the the renovations were happening, it may eventually roll to uh, Kidani. But if it was something they were planning for house, it would be in the Jumbo House rooms first. And then if if they want to take advantage of mass production or whatever of, of you know the the decorations or the purchasing or whatever sure they can then try to coordinate updating the dvc rooms with the dvc budget right have you um i know this discount in particular was just announced but have you had a lot of bookings recently no um most of the folks that I've talked to have shelved what they're doing. Yeah. So we've had a lot of cancellations yeah. <laughs> over the last six months. I was um, one of them. You were one of them. I was two of them. So yeah. uh, you're not alone. Um, I- I've had folks that have reached out just to say, hey, you know, what do you know? And how are things looking? And of course, I know what the news and what Disney tells us. So I don't know anything more than, than what's out there. Um I'm having conversations with folks who are thinking about putting something on the books for 2021. Right. Very much in the, um, you know, we may have to cancel it. My wife actually has a a cruise booked for a family. They have four staterooms. um, One of them concierge. Wow. And they've moved that guy was supposed to go. They were supposed to set sail in June this year. Uh, That got bumped. They moved it to February and now they're moving it to June or they did move it to June. So they bumped twice now. Right. And now the mom is the family is due uh, with the, with another child. Uh, and the really? baby won't, be, yeah, the baby won't be six months comes June. Right. <laughs> Unless the baby comes early. Um, she's not due, I think until February. So they probably have to bump the cruise again. So sure. babe, it's, it's the kind of thing that, you know, it, the cruise is going to take place more than a year after they originally booked it. And families change things change situations change jobs right. have changed so he's been very compliant and very flexible with those bookings um even with a concierge level room which is normally a lot harder to, to get a deposit back on um but yeah I've, I've i've i don't have a lot on the books right now for 2021 to be honest right um but it's trickling in and the dialogues and the emails and the planning are starting which, which is good i think people need something to look forward to yeah. um but if you're someone who had to cancel this year and going through the planning again and having to cancel again next year would be like way too heartbreaking, then hold off, you know, but if you're someone who's ready to plan it and, and will be flexible and say, I know that this may not happen. I'm going to start planning it. Right. It's been to start doing that. It's um, like you just said, people need something to look forward to. And 
I think all of us, I mean, we, we talk about how we're doing and, you know, I think for the most part, we're, we are doing fine, but this is a difficult time for people mentally. It's just the, the reality of the situation. And um, for me personally, what I miss the most is the idea of traveling. And I know people look, if I wanted to go to Disney World today, I could do it. It's just a, it's a very personal call for each individual family based on their circumstances. Um, but, you know, we, we've chosen not to go. And it, uh, I miss it. I, I really do. Uh, we talk about all the time how much we miss it. So as we look ahead to 2021, where maybe at some point, I think things will be a little better. The thing that gets me most excited is the idea of returning there. And I may have something on the books in the relatively near future, knowing that it may have to be canceled. That's just the reality of the world we live in right now. Um, I think an interesting thing is when the world hopefully gets back to normal, how Disney's going to deal with the inevitable influx of crowds. And of course, it's yeah. the 50th anniversary next year. Uh, one of the things that I want to turn our discussion to now and get your thoughts on is a comment that was made probably a couple months ago now, I think, but it's really stuck with me where Josh DeMauro, who is the current, I believe he was uh, upgraded to head of Disney Parks Worldwide, said something like the Disney Park reservation system currently in place at Walt Disney World is likely to stick around even after the pandemic. And I heard that and I thought to myself, well, that seems really weird because the park hopper system, I know most people don't park hop, park hop but it is a key feature of multiple trips. I love park hopping. We, we park hop almost every trip. Well, yeah. I can't even say almost. I think we have bought park hoppers for literally every trip but one. Yeah. And I don't understand why they would do that. If anything, I feel just following the news on what's going on from Walt Disney World now, it severely limits people's trips at the moment from what I can see. So I guess my first question for you, Dean, is, I know he said that, but do you think that that's actually going to play out in the real world? It's a good question. I mean, one of the things that it allows them to do is better staffing. It allows them to plan for where the crowds have the potential to be. Right. Have this, let's make up a metric. I have no idea what percent of sales people do for copying. Let's say it's 30% of all tickets. Don't quote me on that. I made up the number. Sure. Um, that means that you know how many tickets are sold for a particular day, given the date-driven system that they have right now, but you don't know where 30% of the people are going to go or how many places they're going to be. And so the worst nightmare is that they all make it a Magic Kingdom morning. Right. Um, whereas if you have this park certainty approach that they're doing now, you know where everybody's going to be. So even if they all pick Magic Kingdom, at least you know that uh, you know your staff that's allowed to flex across different locations, different parks, you can allocate better. You, you can plan better for parking. You can plan better for concessions. You can plan better for parade and mapping and routing and, and people and security and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. I'm surprised that they wouldn't come back with the park hopper. It seemed like really easy revenue for them. Easy. Sure. Um, it was embedded in the, in the uh, annual pass. So it was definitely part of that product. Right. Uh, so I feel like annual pass holders are going to get cut short if they pull the park hopping out of that. Right. Because they're not going to reduce the cost. <laughs> so yeah. you're just going to get less for the same price or, or the modest increase. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, I think I, I, we'd have to really parse the words of that quote. Yeah. Um, here to stay is different than here for a while. Right. Um, foreseeable future is different than permanent. Right. 
So I, I think it's the current model and it, it'll probably stick for a little while, but I don't know that it's, if, if we dial forward 18 months, I'm not sure that it still looks like it sure. does today. I mean, I love the idea of having the park hopping feature. And grant that I was an annual pass holder, so it was built in anyway, but start off the day at, let's just say, Hollywood Studios and then go back in the evening to Magic Kingdom. It just made for a, a more complete Disney World experience, I guess, is the way to say it. For me, that's a personal thing for me. No, I, uh, I agree with you. And I think it's really relevant depending on where you stay. Mm-hmm. If you're at the Contemporary, the Magic, uh, you know, any of the Magic Kingdom resorts, or if you're over in the Boardwalk area, you know, if let's say you're staying at, at, at Beach Club. Mm-hmm. You spend the day at Magic Kingdom, at Animal Kingdom, at the studios, whatever. It's like 830 at night. We would park hop and jump right in to, to go watch Illuminations at night. Sure. The only thing we did, we didn't go there. We would we just just to go walk World Showcase and, and grab a cocktail. And, and of course, uh, I'm thinking back to a specific trip. I was going to say and push the stroller around, but that's it's been a while <laughs> since we had to do that. Right. Uh, but, but that you know that was literally a, an example of something we did from a trip. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to, to yield an additional park day on my ticket or um, you know, exclude going somewhere else because they wanted to go to Epcot that night, but the park hopper gave that great flexibility. Right. It did. And another thing is if you're like me, I rarely spend morning to evening in a, in a park. So let's say one day is my magic kingdom day and I get there in the morning and I leave at around one 30 to go swimming. Then if I go back, do I want to go back that evening and go through the process of going to the magic kingdom again and going to the security again? And I know that's what they say. Hashtag first world problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the context of a Disney trip, that's definitely what you have to think about. Uh, it's It seemed weird to me. And like you said, you got to parse the words out. And I don't want to incorrectly say that Josh Tamar said something that he didn't. But um, certainly I see the system in place until well into 2021, maybe even the whole year. Yeah. 2022 yeah, I, is, is a long ways away. And that's uh, why I literally said 18 months out, because I, th- I think it's it's here for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, you know, the, the other thing that it takes away is the ability to go dine in, in the park that you choose. So the way we typically plan a trip, we plan all our mornings. We, we're usually extra right. magic hour morning people or rope drop if we're not doing extra magic hours. Right. And then same as you, midday break, nap, pool, you know, whatever we feel like doing. And then nighttime is really built around where we're going to have dinner. Yes. So I may have spent the whole day at Magic Kingdom, but I want to go have dinner at Tiffin's. Yeah. And so it's an Animal Kingdom evening because of that. You right. know, and, and that would be taken away by, by this. Sure. Park. It may drive more people to Disney Springs as a dining option or yeah. off-site. Yeah, both valid choices. The I, I have you. some Disney news for you if you'd like to jump into a little bit of Disney news. I don't know if you heard this one. Okay. Uh, um, speaking of, of being at the boardwalk area, did you hear that Swan and Dolphins buses are no longer Disney buses? I meant to mention that, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I did see that. And uh, You know I'm I a think, Swan and Dolphin guy, so that's why I had to bring it up. I'm glad you brought that up. Um let me begin by saying that I was absolutely shocked to see that. I had no, no idea that the Swan and Dolphin cut off all ties with the Disney bus system. I want to ask you this. Do you know if they're still using Disney boats? I, I haven't heard. That. I'm really curious because that would be a game changer to me. Yes. Um, it's already bad enough. And, and, and I'll not veil my comment there by telling you I find this a negative. Um, I do too. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, granted, Mears buses are more comfortable than Disney buses, but uh, that part aside, uh, having to get dropped off at the TTC instead of the front gate is a huge a big negative to me. Absolutely. Um, it would probably motivate me to walk over to uh, to, to the yacht club and grab their 
their bus right. as opposed to dealing with the swan dolphin buses um but i don't know the story on the boat because that that's a big deal i mean the, the boat is a nice ride it's a nice way to, to get around over there right and if they're losing the disney boats and not being replaced by another boat system right meaning you have to buy from swan dolphin uh, first of all it doesn't make any sense to go to epcot at that point except to walk um you're not using right. transportation at that point although it might be kind of cool to get the bus to the front gate because I, every time I stay in that area, I always walk through the back gate. It might be cool to get dropped off in the front. Um, but yeah, that, that would be a big game changer to me. I, I don't know if this is permanent or not, or if this is just a, a dispute that needs to be resolved. I, I don't know. Um, as you know, Dean, from helping me with my trips, I personally tend to rent cars when I'm down there. So it's very rare that I will end up on a Disney bus, but it, it can happen, uh, particularly sometimes with the Magic Kingdom where yeah. – if you don't want to park in TTC and then take a boat or a monorail to the main entrance, but um, completely sidebar to that. I have to just throw this strategy out there to you. Yes. If you can't park hop and you do go to magic kingdom in the morning, drive to magic kingdom, get one of those pretty front spots, you know, first five, 10 rows, right. Go in for the day, leave the car and bus back to your hotel, have your midday swim, whatever, and go back to magic kingdom at night it makes all the difference in the world sure. when you're getting out at night and your car is like in those first three, four rows. It's, and also when you return to the park for your evening activities, you're being dropped off right in front. Dropped off right at the front gate. Right. Yep. Good strategy. I like that. That's the good stuff of Disney right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stuff we love. That is stuff we all love. All these right taglines for both of our podcasts are applicable to, to what they, you just said. They, they, you know, the, the taglines mesh really well together for That's for the true. Podcast. That's true. Uh, but the you good know, stuff we love. That's the good stuff we love, right? Uh, in terms of the uh, this update, though, as someone who rents cars, like I said, I don't end up often on Disney buses. I've had some real issues with the Disney buses in recent years, just taking a very long time to get to the parks. But one of the big selling points, of course, for the Swan and Dolphin is that other than Magical Express, you have all of the same perks that uh, you do at any other Disney-owned resort hotel. And now you clearly don't. I mean, I once took a cruise. It was a Royal Caribbean cruise. One of our docks was Port Canaveral. And my wife and I took a bus to Disney World just for the day on a Mears-like bus service. Yep. And we went to Epcot for the day. And they didn't drop us off right in front. They dropped us off in some side lot. It was kind of strange. But anyhow, uh, to, to have that happen, if that's where Mears drops you off, to me, it takes away some of the ease of the trip. And um, one of the things also, aside from the perks you would get, the Swan and Dolphin always had, and they still do, a very much Disney-esque feel in the yes. hotel design and the atmosphere. I know this may sound silly, but that also carries over to the transportation, particularly the boats. So if no, it's, it's true that, it. yeah, if you lose that, and even with the buses, getting on Amir's bus as nice as they are, it really feels more like a third-party hotel. It's still a great hotel, still a good deal, but... You know, I would always tell people oh, you should stay there because it's really a Disney-esque hotel and you're right there on the boardwalk and it may no, lose no that charging privileges either. In park no, what? charging privileges. You can't you can't charge to your room in park when you True. stay at Swan Dolphin. That's another can't negative. Do that. Um yeah, you, you know what's funny about that? I've done a number of the races and it's always mirrors buses that takes you to and from the race. Mm -hmm. and, and even if you're staying at a Disney resort, getting on the mirrors bus to get dropped off in say the Epcot parking lot to start the race. Right. It, it feels very third party. It doesn't feel like Disney transportation. Right. It's dumb. It's just, it's just a bus. It's got just different paintings on the outside, but it makes a difference. It does. It breaks the bubble. It definitely breaks the bubble. 
Uh, you might as well run the Orlando Marathon <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Space Coast. Space Coast, right, right. Uh, but I did see that story, and I was surprised by it. I actually meant to reach out to you off the air about that. I'm surprised I didn't. Um, may have been a Yankees at bat or something <laughs> that I was distracted by. They have but, us. I can understand that. But um, I did see that. I did think that was a significant story. So, Dean, I want to talk now about something. I'm not sure if you saw this in the news. This is a small news story, but I thought it was pretty cool. Over at Epcot, they opened up a pop-up shop available to annual pass holders. They featured really cool merchandise, some of which was pass holder exclusive, like certain magic bands and other stuff that was heavily discounted. I'm talking about 80% discounts. It was like 50% discounts plus the annual pass discount on top of that and then some. So people were going in there and picking up tons of merchandise for extremely low prices, clothes, backpacks, eBay. It could be eBay for a lot of it. <laughs> um, but I, I I must tell you, I was happy to see this because I really like the idea of Disney doing something for their annual pass holders. Um, thoughts on this fun little Disney? Yeah, you know, it, it, it almost sounds like a mini cast connect, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that's the store available to cast members and get those heavily discounts. And having been a pass holder quite a few years in the past, um, I I felt like the pass holder discounts, the pass holder perks had dwindled a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm ex- excited about this. I, I think they should do more for their pass holders. Right. I also think that it's obviously among their highest affinity groups. So taking care of those folks, getting them to renew their passes, particularly in a year like this. Sure. Um, this sounds like a good strategy and it helps them move merch. So, uh, you know, th- th- there's something to be said for, any revenue in this type of economy. Right. And I, I think that's part of it. I, I hate to get, you know, businessy on you because again, that kind of pops the bubble. And I know Disney fans don't want to hear that Disney's a fortune 100 company, but um, th- there is a business strategy to what they're doing. So True. Uh, I applaud it though. And anything that brings more uh, affection, more attention and, and more positive vibes to pass holders, I think is a worthwhile endeavor. Right. What percentage would you guess of Disney's, I know you had said to us previously on the podcast that the vast majority of Disney attendees at any given time are first-time visitors. I wonder, um, over the course of a calendar year, on average, what percentage of the Disney guests are annual pass holders? I would think would be very low in the realm of things. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I don't know the answer to. Um, I do know that historically, 70 plus percent, you know, low 70s percent are first-time visitors. Right. And And you know, that, that only leaves 30% left for folks like you and me who are either, you know, AP holders from out of state or multi, multi tickets in a year, uh, travelers without an AP. Uh, And then of course, you know, the, the interesting number are the folks who are are local and we'll call them sort of regional, you know, within a day's drive. Um, because we know a lot of those folks and, and those guys tend to go frequently. Right. You know, it'd be, I always thought like one of the real cool things about living down there would be that, just on any given day, I can pop over and go to dinner at Epcot. Right. And I know people that do that, that live down there. Um, so it's it in the grand scheme of things, it is a small percentage of the overall, uh, the overall group. Um, there are out of staters like I used to be that, and you, you as well, that are annual pass holders because we map it out to do like at least two trips in a year. Sure. You know, I know you're down there sometimes for other reasons. And, and so you can pop over with your AP. Right. Um, but, but folks like you in particular with that model, very, very few, I think. Very few. I was thinking along the lines of what you were just saying. 
I wonder what percentage of hardcore Walt Disney World fans, people that love it like we do, live in the immediate vicinity of Walt Disney World. I know there are certainly people that have moved down there to be closer to the magic, as they say. Uh, but I would think that is a very small group. Yeah, I think so. I, I think a lot of them work there now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? It's, we yeah. know a lot of folks that have moved there, college program, or, um, you know, we had good friends of ours that, that live up here. If you've heard me reference the popcorn guy on, on my show before, um, yeah. he and his wife moved down there and his wife works for Disney. So th there's definitely folks that do that. And, and right. I, you know, they be it becomes even more than just their passion. It becomes their career. Right. Um, I still think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, they're the potentially most vocal on Twitter of the Disney fans. Right. Um, but it's still on the overall scheme of things, you know, the, most people come home from their trip. And if they've seen Universal and Disney, they're like my brother, who I remember when he came home from his trip said his favorite ride at MGM Studios was the E.T. ride. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I'll let you reconcile that one in your brain and realize that my brother had no idea what he was talking about. Right, um, right. You know, it's, it's just, it's a lot of first timers. So the, uh, the AP, the interesting thing about that though, is I'd love to see like sort of AP events and, and AP tables and sales and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The volume of people that are there at any given moment. You know, the volume of people those. at any given moment that are AP holders. Yeah. That are actually right. in the park. So like um, you think about like the, uh, the lounges, you know, if yeah. you've ever been to any of the DVC lounges. I've not been, but I certainly know of them. Yeah. So I've, I'm not a DVC owner, but I've been there with, with folks who were and going in there, you know, I, I don't know. I felt like I remember the first time I, I went uh, with our friend Nick and uh, we went up to the one of the lounges in Epcot. And I thought, you know, th this place gives out free cookies, free, free drinks. It was the middle of the summer. It's you know hot. Sure. I'm like, this place is going to be slammed. You can go up there. You got your pick of the litter anywhere you want to sit. There was maybe right. a couple of dozen people in a very big space. Right. Um, so if you think about how many people go to Epcot in a given day, and then again, this was one moment in time, but for the half hour we sat there, 20 people or less are, are sitting up there. And those are the people that control what trends on this Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, this Twitter has been wild recently, by the way, on a side note, I find it to be tw Twitter's not that fun. A lot of the time I, I I'm addicted no. to it, but it's really not that fun. I, I love it for my Disney conversation, my sports right. conversation, and I've avoided it like the plague the last because of the conversation and the political conversations. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm looking forward to when we could go on Twitter and not be worried about what the next tweet we see will do to us mentally. Yeah, um, quite, quite frankly, as a Yankees and Jets fan, um, the sports conversation hasn't been great either. That's true. <laughs> Although I am excited for that Chiefs-Jets matchup we were talking about earlier today. <laughs> Yeah, will that will that point spread get up to twenty four, or are we just going to say at twenty one? <laughs> Thirty one point spread. By the way, as I talk to you and uh, we're recording this, I have the World Series on the background. They have a commercial now for Giants Eagles <laughs> tomorrow night on uh, one of the Twitter feeds I, I I follow for sports. There was an image of two porta potties <laughs> sliding down a road, and they described that as being the NFC North. <laughs> it's headed towards another week. Oh man, uh, Dean, I wanted to talk to you though about. An important topic, actually, uh, not just for Disney, but also for the world right now. But we're talking about it in the context of Disney, and that is mask enforcement at Walt Disney World. Um, it's crazy that this has become a political type topic. We're going to avoid any politics on this show. But Disney has a rule in place, have to wear a mask, have to wear it the right way. And uh, they recently have become very strict about this rule. 
apparently there was some update on one of their websites, which said something to the effect of if you don't want to wear a mask or you're medically unable to wear a mask, don't come, come another time when things are normal. Um, I have seen a lot of YouTube videos of vloggers who are spending time in the park parks, I should say, not just Disney, but universal and Bush gardens. And it really seems like there's not enough compliance with the mask rule. Uh, Disney, from what I understand, has tightened up at the four theme parks. Cast members are really trying to enforce the rules, even though that's difficult to do and intimidating, I think, for the average cast member to do. Uh, but certainly at Disney Springs, people do not seem to be adhering to the rules. And I can't tell you just in the past couple of days how many times I've seen on video people who are flaunting it, no mask at all, or if they wear a mask, it's around their uh, their belly button, like that, that, that type of thing. So... I don't even know what there is to say about it, but I just want your thoughts on all this. You know, I think you hit on probably the most important part of that is when a company wants to make a rule like Disney in their mask rule, the number one part of that rule is it needs to be enforced. Right. And and I think it puts cast members in an atypical situation where they're there to make magic they're there to help. They're there to brighten your day. They're not, except for the security, security. Right. So it's really hard to ask the, the cashier in the Emporium to remind folks that they have to wear their mask or to, to be the police as they're walking around the folks in the Emporium, put it, putting up more stock to right. yell at people and kick them out of the store or whatever. So um, I, I, it seems to me from what I've read and heard, there's decent enforcement on the way into the park. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you had a video stream of, of you know, under the, the train station, probably the majority of people walking in are fully masked up and that just comes off after a while. Right. Um, and, and I don't think it's necessarily even fair to the cast members to have to enforce that. So they, I agree completely. You know, like, like they used to have the, um, and this will spin it back, first of all, a dozen years, but to a very positive time, the year of a million dreams crew. Right. They, they kind of need like the mask enforcement crew. Sure. Um, and instead of going around handing out, blue cupcakes they're you know they're reminding you to put your mask on yes um you know remind all your listeners here that disney is private property it's that's a, true it's a public company it's publicly traded it's a stock company but it is private property and so right. they can enforce private property rules uh this is not a a national park where things have different um different rules and, and different set of criteria as far as eligibility if disney says you're not allowed on property ever again you're not allowed on property ever again right they can ban you i mean i'm not saying they're banning people for not wearing masks but my point is they can make a mask enforcement rule and they have the right to remove you from the park if you don't that's do it that's very true um it's it, it, it's it's rough i don't I, I i'm glad that they're taking a strong stance i think that people that are willing to attempt a vacation during this type of time should do so responsibly. And, and if that means Disney's requesting you wear a mask, you should do so. Absolutely. Um, and it sounds like most people are, but I, I agree with you that it seems like as the day marches on, as you get a little bit later in the afternoon and you see more photos and in, in live streams online, it's not like it is being described as the enforcement policy. Well, I'll tell you a couple of things real quick that illustrate why there should be a mask enforcement team at the parks. One of which happened to me, one of which I observed. It seems like during this whole coronavirus crisis, everything that could go wrong with my house has gone wrong. <laughs> Appliances are breaking. Things need to be fixed. There have been several instances where people came into my house to do work on the house or deliver something. 
where they weren't wearing the mask the appropriate way. In particular, it seemed to be below the nose, which is not the way it should be worn. Each of those times, either my wife or I told the person or asked them politely if they would fix their mask. And it never was an issue. Everybody was compliant. But I must be honest with you and say that the act of asking the person was stressful because Mm -hmm. masks have become an issue. Uh, I didn't like having to ask the person because it was just uncomfortable. Um, That's one story. The other story is the other night I was bringing in dinner from the Cheesecake Factory. And uh, there was an area where you picked up the to-go orders and I'm waiting there. Began to get very crowded. A lot of people, people were wearing masks, but in close proximity. I started to get a little nervous. So what I did was I stepped away for a moment. I observed a woman going to order cheesecake at the counter where they serve the slices. And I couldn't hear exactly what she said, but it was something to the effect of, oh, I hate this mask. And she proceeded to move the mask down over her entire face. And very quickly, an employee from the Cheesecake Factory who was serving her the cheesecake said to her, please fix your mask. And she did. There was no nastiness. But that's not always the case. We've now seen video of incidents from around the country where people are being asked to wear a mask on private property grounds. And they're giving a hard time about it. And in some cases, actual violence results. People, employees yeah. are pushed and shoved. It's very intimidating. Um, now, I'm a total wuss in every aspect of my <laughs> life, but but it's, it, it is intimidating. So when I think about the cast members who are working at Disney World, who are already dealing with tremendous stress due to layoffs of friends and colleagues, it's a horrible time right now. To ask them to enforce mask wearing, I think, is asking a lot of them. I, I do agree with you and believe that there should be a mask enforcement team hired at each park. Um, yeah, it, it is tough, you know, and, and I'm very rarely out in public anymore. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had too many times where I've been in an incident where I have to ask someone to please put their mask back on. Uh, right. I'll give you a quick story. I, I took my son finally for a haircut. Uh, because school is starting back up and, and you know, we've, we've done the at home buzz it around and hopefully it looks okay. You're not going anywhere anyway, who cares? Right. Cut. Um, but it was time for him to actually go and get his haircut. So he went to a, a barber and he, you know, my son wore his mask. He's very good about it. Yeah. And uh, the barber had a mask and everything was getting wiped down. It was one person in the building at a time. Uh, so everything was great. It's all going really well. And, um, and the barber had this cool little little gadget he took the the things that go over your ears you know the elastics right and took them off my son's ears but clipped them together and behind his neck and that way oh. he could do the haircut around the ears and let my son keep his mask on i love that good thinking so that was that was pretty cool yeah so we we went back recently for a follow-up haircut because this was back in august right before school started so new haircut recently and uh and the bar same barber but he went to remove my son's mask Right. And before I could say anything, my son looked at him and goes, I'd like to keep my mask on during my haircut, please. Wow. I was so proud of him because sure. that's a tough confrontational conversation to have. But I think maybe the filter on a 10 year old yeah. is just different than you or me having that to have that be. conversation. That could be. Um, so, and, and the barber had no problem. He went and got the clip thing and did it again. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> he could work at the parks. He, he could work yeah. at the parks. <laughs> so, we need him to come down and, and work at the Main Street Barbershop and, yeah. and just stand outside and make everyone put their masks on. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, it's interesting. I know we're getting, not that this is a theme park comment, but the other day I went to my office office going about one day a week and I parked in the garage, walked up to the main floor. And uh, immediately as I opened the door, there's somebody feet away from me, no mask at all. Ugh. And I literally turned my head the other way, face the other way, walked 
around him and just an unpleasant situation. It's uh, it stinks. It stinks. Yeah. Do you, do you do the passive aggressive thing? Like I would totally do that at Disney world. If I was walking by a group, like I, you know, grab my son's hand, like, Hey, let's walk over here. They don't have masks on. Like instead of, I, I, instead I of did, doing it directly to somebody, I, I would probably do something like that. I did do <laughs> something terrible, like that. But. Yeah. At one point uh, earlier on, we went strawberry picking and uh, there was a rule. You had to wear a mask. And of course, immediately a group of people right in front of us were not wearing masks at all. And I said, out loud something like let's get away from these people they're not wearing masks and uh yeah it's um let me ask you this question dean and i know we're trying to keep the show a little bit upbeat and there is some good stuff i mean hey there's a pop-up store for pass holders right hey, that's awesome discounts available discounts available but as much as i love disney and i love it when I follow the news of it right now and I watch the footage of it right now, it's just not bringing me the same joy, if that makes any sense. Like, it brings me joy. I love watching people eat the snacks and I'm curious what it's like. Yeah, that's what it's come down to. I love watching people eat snacks. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I understand. Believe me, I'm with yeah. you. It's, it's true. I mean, but it's, it's like missing something. It's missing yeah, something. It's, it's missing something because I just like instead of having the carefreeness that you should have on a Disney trip, there's just a little bit of that that black cloud over the top. Sure. And, you know, you and I talked about before we started recording, like my, my podcast tagline is the good stuff of Disney. Mm-hmm. We haven't recorded very much this year. There's just not a lot of good stuff to talk about. Like, no, I can't talk about the, the Halloween party or the Christmas party or my own trips. I mean, we, we were supposed to go to Disney World and Disneyland this year. We're, we were yeah. thinking about an adventures by Disney to Germany next year. Wow. None of those are going to happen now. Right. So, it, you know, it's it's it's. I get what you're saying. You know, I'm, I'm very happy for the people who have managed to fit the Disney in their life and, and do the Disney trip. If they're comfortable doing that. Absolutely. I, I think the cloud for me is just the fact that I look at it and I say, I can't even be excited for them because I, I, I wouldn't do this right now. You know, it's just my, my personal preference. I'm not telling anyone else right. that they have to do what I do, but in my family's decision coming from the Northeast, I don't want to get on a plane right now and I wouldn't go to a Disney park right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so maybe that's part of it for me, because I get the same feelings you're describing, yeah. um, you know, whether it's a quick Twitter clip or, or watching a video on YouTube or, uh, you know, yet another blog post. Like, I'm really happy for the people that get to do it, but it, it just doesn't feel the same to me as it did right. eight months ago. I think, uh, you know, going off of what you've just said, this is a time where people need to do what makes them feel comfortable and people need to be respectful of the decisions other people make. I know that. With work stuff, for example, I have been asked to do certain things that I have said no to, such as in-person meetings, indoors and in in close-up spaces. I I just respectfully said, no, I won't do it. Um, I'll do it outside or I'll do it over Zoom. And the people that I've at least encountered are very understanding of that. Um, And so for the friends of mine who are going to Disney, and there are a few, and these are close friends, I am happy that they're having a great time and I want them to have the best trip in the world. Um, and it brings me joy to see them have joy. I'm really talking about just in the general news sense. I not that much. And of course, I mean, we, we had talked about this on a previous episode of the podcast. We are not talking about the most significant story in terms of Disney at this time. And that's the 28,000 members who were laid off, right. which is a horrendous story. Uh, and of course, Disneyland is still closed, which is its whole own, 
beast of a story. It's too much to get into now. But um, I do think to end on an optimistic note, I, I am optimistic for longer term in 2021 where we're going to be. I, I really hope to be returning to the parks soon. I agree with you. And I'll tell you, I, I do have a friend who went and um, he shipped the package back to our house and, and put a little note in there and said to my son, like, you know, I, I know you're supposed to be here this year. You guys weren't able to make it. So hopefully yeah. this brings you a little bit of joy. And that's awesome. Right after we wiped it down with a Clorox wipe, we let him have the gift. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Now, that's awesome. What a great friend, by the way. What a cool. cool yeah, thing no, he's to a do. good guy. He, he's yeah. a good guy. So, yeah, we, we appreciated that. Let my son have a little bit of Disney in 2020 since he wasn't able to go there and do it himself. So, Dean, uh, b- before we wrap up, as we often do on the podcast here, whenever I have you on and, and Paulie, when he's on, I'm going to give you five Disney rapid fire questions. This will be fun. Oh we'll end up on, a, on an upbeat note. Disney World rapid fire. Oh, boy. Maybe I'm ready. Four, four Disney World, one Disney Plus. We'll start with the Disney Plus rapid fire. Okay, here we go. Mandalorian. Oh. That's the, that's the, always the answer. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Okay, Disney Plus. Here's the deal. Somebody says to you, you have to watch one of these two movies. What do you watch? Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town 1? Hocus Pocus. Okay. Here's your first Disney World rapid fire question. You return to the parks for the first time after a long absence due to the pandemic. Uh, what's your first big dinner going to be? Where are you going to go? Ooh, rap- I guess the cho- I got to give you choices. If you- so if these are your choices. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you, you just left me open with like 420 different places to go eat. So it's right. uh, choices would be nice. At, at least you're going to go on a re- trip to the state of Florida. Where are you going? <laughs> um, I'll give you three choices. You got the boathouse. You got Tiffin's. And I'm saying that because you mentioned it earlier. Or you have Narcoosie's. Where are you going? Out uh, of those three, I, for my first meal, I will go to Narcoosie. Narcoosie. Okay, good. And that is um, not a knock on the other two. Those are three excellent choices. The, if, the, the if, almond if, cheesecake, though. I mean, that, that that's my jam right there. That's good stuff. If the Swan and Dolphin did, in fact, eliminate their boat service from Disney, <laughs> which we could look up right now online. I'm just so tired of browsing. The I don't feel like it. Let's, let's, let's speculate today. instead. It's more fun. So let's say they did, in fact, say no more Disney boats. OK, um, somebody says to you, Dean, I'm paying for your trip. I could put you in a brand new room at Grand Destino or in a non-renovated room at the Dolphin. Where are you going? I'll go to Grand Destino. I like that. That's a good answer. I haven't stayed there before, so it, if, if you picked one I'd stay at before, I might have had a different answer, but for the, the new opportunity and continuing with all my charging and, and boat privilege or bus privileges at that point, uh, yeah, let's go Grand Destino. Grand Destino. Okay, two more questions. When you get back to the parks, you, you have a choice. You could either go to Mickey's Not So Scary or Very Merry Christmas Party. Which one do you choose? Christmas Party. Last question. You want You're to making do something. these up as we go, huh? I'm making it up as we go. <laughs> You're in Disney World on vacation, and you've had a great time at the theme parks, but you want to do something outside of the parks. Your two choices are miniature golf at Fantasia Gardens over by the Swan and Dolphin, or walk along the boardwalk at night with deserted beaches and cream. What do you do? This walk is along it. the boardwalk. Yeah. I will walk along the boardwalk because I love the entertainment there of the, you know, totally. the jugglers, magicians, all that stuff. Right. Uh, grab a terrible piece of pizza at the pizza window. It's bad. Uh, it's so bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, more than anything, at that point, hopefully Epcot has some sort of fireworks spectacular going on and uh, underrated watching the, the Epcot fireworks from the boardwalk area. I like that. That's great advice. Uh, Dean, anything else you want to talk about this evening here on the Stuff We Love podcast? You know, we love lots of stuff, Scott, and, and we could go on. Uh, we could have a whole other episode just about Eddie Van Halen. But um, yes, you know, we, uh, we we will limit this one to Disney. And I will just say that uh, 
Appreciate you having me back on. Love talking Disney news. Hopefully yeah. we didn't go too far down a negative rabbit hole because uh, there is a lot of stuff we love about Disney and, and sure. I love talking about it. So thank you. Absolutely. And Dean, would you like to give a plug to Adventures Out There, Butter and Bacon, all that stuff? Sure. If you want to come find us on Twitter, you can uh, find us at AIOT Travel. That's Adventure Is Out There Travel. Uh, or you can find me, CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Yes, lots of underscores. Um, or uh, come find our podcast. We are Butter and Bacon. We talk about the good stuff of Disney. Uh, have a blast on that show with my co-hosts, Paul and Amy. And uh, like, uh, like Scott mentioned, we haven't done a lot yet uh, this year. Um, but our prior seasons are all still out there wherever you have your podcast app of choice you can come listen to us and i'm sure we'll get back in the studio real soon absolutely i'm gonna conclude by giving a plug for adventures out there travel uh, <laughs> and uh, also tell you i'll tell you real quick about the podcast here you can follow us on twitter at stuff we love pod instagram stuff we love podcast follow us on youtube and facebook subscribe to us if you haven't done so already and you can write to us stuff we love podcast at gmail.com and please leave us those good five-star reviews. Uh, it helps it become easier for others to find our show. And the plug I want to give for adventures out there travel is this. I, I have used their services for multiple Disney world vacations. Dean in particular has been my agent for those. And even though I've been to Disney world a million times and I could walk through the parks in my sleep, I feel that I sometimes need the advice of an agent. Um, to help me make decisions, guide me in my thinking about trip strategies and so forth. And that is going to be more important than ever, even for a veteran like me, especially if we're dealing with this park reservation system for a period of time, I'm going to need to brainstorm. How should I do this? Where should I go? When should I go? What time of day for all that stuff? It becomes a whole other element of the planning. And I have had nothing but the best experiences with adventure is out there travel. Tremendous team, tremendous Work, work product and use them for your trip. You, you missed one really key important part of that. What's that? All that tremendous stuff is all free. It is, uh, Disney, that's the key point. <laughs> so, um, you know, if I, that was funny, an audition, Scott, they would I, say I, next. <laughs> I, I've actually had some people tell me, um, and, and I find this, and I don't want to be sexist in this comment, but I find it more with, with um, the, if it's a married couple, uh, the wife usually is the one that likes to plan with me. So mm -hmm. I love working with you because I, I get to, you know, get, get to work with a guy as well. But sure. um, a lot of times, uh, male or female, I'll have clients tell me, you know, I really appreciate working with you. Like I can plan all this stuff myself anyway, right. but I like to talk to someone who loves talking about Disney because my spouse sure. can't take it after a while. That's very <laughs> so, true. That, that's it, it, it's pretty funny um but yeah we we have our own uh our, our own docs that will help you plan we'll we'll help tailor that schedule and all that planning around what your family needs are and um and yeah we're, we're real happy to do it and uh there are even times throughout the year where we can give you a little extra credit on your trip so it'll be a little kickback to you so we can actually pay you to book with us we'll give you a that's little the, onboard credit for your cruise we love to do that or that's it a little special disney gift just for just for booking with us we appreciate it love it, it love it uh so uh, thank you everyone for tuning in uh continue to stay well and healthy out there uh, and enjoy the halloween season we'll probably be back to you before halloween itself with one more episode related to the holiday and then we will turn to uh, the holiday season and all that good stuff so uh Let's go around the table. I'm Scott. I'm Dean. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. <laughs>